Welcome, everybody. I'm Janet Lee Sheriff with Mind in America. And today we are chatting with Mr. Paul Gorenson, CEO of Encore Energy, about the recent permits that have been announced and startup plans for production at Rosita. Hi, Paul. Janet, how are you doing? Well, I'm wonderful. Like, we don't get to spend enough time together. So, this is great. Fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Looking forward to the conversation. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much. Hey, um, some fantastic news for Encore with the 10-year renewal of your permit. Um, if you could give a little bit of information. I, I know this is huge and I know it's important because it actually expands the um, the permit. Yeah, so it's a renewal of the radioactive materials license that we that currently hold for our South Texas operations, not Alta Mesa, but our other South Texas operations. And this license renewal, it updates the license to current uh, requirements and, and the state of the properties, but also it allows us the ability to add additional satellite ion exchange plants to feed the Rosita Central Processing Plant. It also allows us to add in other remote uh, ion exchange facilities. That's, uh, you know, for example, our Upper Spring Creek uh, project, et cetera. It allows us to be able to deliver those uranium-loaded resins to uh, Rosita for processing in the yellow cake. And, it, and it's a big deal for us because it really expands the, uh, the capability and the, the ability to utilize Rosita from a, uh, a lot of different aspects as well. So it's good news. Yeah, and, and important because projects like Upper Spring um, are new over the past couple of years, so wouldn't have been in the original permit, right? That's correct. They're were, they were, they were totally new. They weren't connected to the permit uh, that exists now. So by adding that, uh, that capability to incorporate them as amendments to the license is a big deal, and that's what this allows us to do. Well, that's uh, fabulous news and a huge team effort by... Um, your team down in, in uh, Corpus Christi. Um, one question I have, and so this is all for uh, in situ recovery, correct? Sure, yes. That's and correct. Encore is solely focused on in situ, it's in situ recovery. There I'm stumbling. <laughs> we Yes, Encore, we are 100% focused on in situ recovery for uh, are all of our primary projects, and uh, it, we believe it's the best. It's the best, most efficient, and economic approach to go after these deposits we have in our portfolio. So, definitely, this is a key key step. Okay, and and um, geez, I want to say near term production, but it sounds uh, at Rosita, but it sounds like near term is moving quickly to a different term. Yeah, that term would be production. Production. Uh, that is actual lady. production. Yeah. Yep. Very exciting. Next producer uh, in the U.S. Right. That's what uh, we've been aiming for, and we're we're uh, we. It's been a full, hard, uh, full court press by a, a huge team of uh, uh, really dedicated individuals within the company. But also, I have to to throw out a, a shout out to the tech, state of Texas as well as to. Working with us as a regulatory agency to assure that all of the timing for all the permit steps and everything were hit on the mark so that uh, there wouldn't be any delays. And so I, I got to say thank you to them as well. Now, how long did it take to, to put that permit through the system? Because it sounds like it moved fairly 
fairly efficiently and a great reflection on doing business in Texas. It did. We submitted the original application in April of 2022. We amended it back in July to add in the additional satellite uh, and exchange facilities. Uh, so technically, it started back in July. So it's been a little over a year. But the other thing we have to consider is that this the license has been time and what we call timely renewal for better than nearly two decades. And as a result, there was a whole lot of up, updates to the license that had to be done to reflect real conditions. Took a bit of back and forth with the state, but they were very proactive in their, their questions and the way we were able to provide the answers to them, uh, such that, you know, where this could have taken a two or three year time period to get this renewal done, we were able to get it done in just over a year. And then, we, you know, because it is a major amendment, we had to go through the public process where it was noticed and and allow people to make comments, potentially even request a hearing, none of which happened. Well, we had one set of comments, which were fairly minor. And uh, but most of it was it, it went as the schedule put it together. And I would say that uh, at a time when a regulatory agency, TCEQ, is struggling to bring on new people uh, and replace retiring people, I think it was a, it was a great effort on everybody's part to get this done in spite of some of the challenges or outside this particular permitting action. Yeah, uh, you know, kudos to the state of Texas. They really continually show that they want to do business. And and uh, yep. I know you, you've taught me a lot about Texas being an agreement state on nuclear energy, uh, but this really is uh, a state issue right here. And yep. um, yeah, congratulations. Um, I, I would love to talk a little bit on a high level about in-situ recovery. I know your career has been focused on that extraction process, and, and I'm sure that there's people that have some questions about, about how it works. Uh, we've tried to, at Encore, really um, you know, convey that, that information, but, but tell me a little bit about your background in in-situ recovery, because you've really been decades in this process. Yeah, I, I've been involved in the in-situ recovery uh, side of the business, the uranium business, since 1987, as a as a reservoir engineer, uh, and that was to begin understanding uh, one. You know the the bulk of the development with the with respect to in situ recovery was really driven by oil and gas industry, and so a lot of the terminology we use, et cetera, com it comes from that side of the business. Or when we talk about energy business itself, rather than the mining, it's more. The terminology we use comes from the oil and gas side. And so me being a petroleum engineer by training, it was a fairly, it wasn't a big leap uh, to jump into the in-situ recovery side because the of the fact that uh, it uses a lot of the same type of transport mechanisms that we use uh, in the oil and gas industry. Uh, even though the product's different, we're moving water rather than petroleum products, the, the principles and the physics are effectively the same. So the transition was fairly straightforward. And so a lot of what I learned back in 1987, I still apply every day, even though I'm not in the field, I still am able to apply that experience to my today's activities. And, and my understanding of your background in the industry was in situ recovery came in in the 60s and 70s. Uh, it was on smaller scale projects, but you've really taken that technology in your background and applied it to larger projects. Is that is that a fair statement? 
It is a fair statement. The reason is, is that uh, the economics have changed dramatically. Uh, back in the early 80s, uh, a lot of the projects were small because they were just basically uh, effectively side business for oil and gas companies. Okay. And they weren't done at a scale to uh, be based on economics. Uh, they were based solely on very discrete uh, budgetary decisions, et cetera. Uh, as a as Encore being solely a, a uranium production company uh, using in situ, we have to look at things from a perspective of scale. So we need not just a, a couple of hundred thousand pounds in the ground to put a well field on and produce that. We need much larger uh, capabilities to be able to get scale up our production in order to get the economic recoveries we need to provide. And uh, but also it allows us the scalability to be able to be a, a significant uh, market driver in the industry. And uh, if you're doing it just a couple hundred thousand pounds a year, it's not making much of an impact and the, the, the revenue is low. But if you're doing a million, two million or three million pounds a year, that's much more significant. But also it provides you the ability to market the company to our customers as being a resilient uh, and a long-term reliable supplier, uh, which you couldn't do as, with small operations. Okay, I get it. Um, so, you know, non-technical layman terms, uh, ISR inject oxygenated water into the well field. Uranium uh, is attracted to the oxygen, liquefies, goes into the plant. How long is the process in the plant until you have yellow cake uh, out the other end? Once we're up and running and and production is going as we expect, so let's leave out the ramp-up period and the startup period. It takes roughly 72 hours for a wow. pound of uranium on resin to be stripped off the resin to become yellow cake. It's fairly fast. It's a, it's a simple batch-wise process. Uh, and when we're at capacity, it's moving pretty fast through the system. And uh, so there's not much in process uh, time until we get to the yellow cake stage. Because it's concentrated at that point, we can store more uh, yellow cake than we can resin because of the volumes and size. So we want to get it off the resin as fast as possible, get it into yellow cake, and then we can manage it through our yellow cake uh, holding uh, vessels as well as our drying capacity. Okay. And, and how heavy is a is a, a drum of yellow cake? They're roughly about 750 pounds. Uh, it can be a little more, a little less. Uh, we, we have requirements to ship to the converter. Uh, the minimum size is 500 pounds up to 1,000 pounds. Of anything, but anything within that range is considered to be acceptable. And we want to have as much in each drum as possible because we have to remember we're, we're shipping this by truck. And we got a fixed volume of drums we can put on a truck. So we want as many pounds on that truck as we possibly can uh, to get the economic value up to a threshold because we do have uh, road weights we have to be cognizant of. But uh, everything's done to get as much out of, a, out of the capacity we have uh, to get, get our material to market. So when it leaves the plant, is it now with the utility company? No. No, so when it leaves the plant, it's on, it leaves on truck and it goes up to a conversion facility. In North America, we have, uh, or in the United States, we have Commerdine, which is located in Metropolis, Illinois. So that's roughly a 1,200 mile drive. 
And the trucks literally go straight through because they're carrying exclusive use the, the way the trucks are placarded. <clears throat> and they'll go straight to uh, the converter and be offloaded. And from there, it's credited to our accounts. We have an account which says we have X number of pounds of uranium at the converter. That's what we sell. Once it's there at the converter, basically we have an account we can draw from to sell to our utility customers. And then, uh, yeah, then, then the drums all get weighed and sampled, and then we get we get a, a basically a complete assay. And from that assay, we have know exactly the precise amount of uranium we have, less anything we've sold already. So it's a, it, it, I know it sounds a bit complicated, and there's quite a bit of lag time, but it, it's a, it's a common practice in our business how we we manage our inventories and sell. Okay, yeah, in my simplistic view of it, I'm kind of comparing it to when a gold mine ships gold to the refinery and that's when they get their credit. Right. So similar type of, of model. Okay, I get it. Right. Um, you must be pretty uh, happy about Rosita reopening. I am. Well, it's been it's been a while since it's operated. So it hadn't operated since 2000, like 2007 or 2008. And uh, so that's been quite a while, but also I started, I, I, I was part of Rosita when it started up. I helped construct it back in 1990 and we started up in 1991. Uh, and I worked out there off and on through 1997. And so it has a, a long history with me. And so it's good to see it restarted. And uh, some of the people we have working out there right now were involved when it was operating in the past. So it's good to kind of complete that full circle. Um, and uh, and be able to see it operate again. It, you know, when when shoot five years ago, we thought the industry wasn't going anywhere, and now we see it restarting and and bringing value back to the local community, and uh, bringing jobs back into a county that needs a job. So it's it's really exciting for me on that part. Yeah, yeah. I I I'm I'm very uh, pleased for you. Um, looking forward to the uh, restart. Um, coming up very quickly. And then I know you're on to Alta Mesa, another part of your uh, background as well. That's right. So uh, I don't think it's been a secret that I've been associated with Alta Mesa since it started up. And I started back there in 2004 when it was literally cow pasture and uh, um, and brought that into production and operated it. And, and we've... Uh, got it back into the fold and we're starting to restore it back to operation. We want to get it restarted in 20, early 2024. And that way we can, and we're going to, with the, with everything we have and experience we've learned, like with supply chain issues from Rosita, we've been to apply those to Alta Mesa to uh, avoid some of those issues that we, we uh, dealt with in the past. And it's worked out really well. And I'm pretty, I'm very excited looking forward to it. In fact, you know, this is a, uh, Alta Mesa has always been one of my favorite my favorite ISR operations, I've been in Wyoming and other places in the country, but it's one I keep coming back to is the one that, that uh, I see has the most value uh, to uh, to new production and long-term production. That's and awesome. it's exciting. Well, I'm excited. I'm a little biased, I have to admit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, is, it is wonderful working with you, Paul, and I'm uh, very happy for you. I'm happy for the company. And, and again, congratulations on the uh, permit that was announced earlier this week. Um, thank, you. thank you. Come back again. Thank you. I, 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 
I, I like asking some basic questions to help my level of understanding. So uh, I, I thank you for the education. Absolutely. My pleasure. And I enjoy doing this very much. Well, thanks. And thanks, everyone, for joining us. Um, we'll talk to Paul again. Paul Gorenson, Encore Energy. Thank you.